Here's Johnny. Hola, mis amigos, y bienvenido al Boost Podcast. Mi llamo es Jakington y no tengo mis pantalones. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Buzz Podcast. My name is Jay Kington, and I am not wearing any pants because that's cool in COVID-19 times. I am not alongside, but on the screen with EJ Golett coming to you from sunny Southern California and our dear, dear friend, Mr. Nick Derso coming to us from uh, Torreno, Torreon, Mexico. Torreon, Mexico. Torreon, I will get it right eventually. Torreon, Mexico. Uh, welcome, everybody. We are excited about this episode. This is going to be a lot of fun. One of the most popular uh, hauntings in the world. Probably, definitely uh, the most popular haunting in American history. But before we get into that, before we reveal what we're talking about, let's go through our standard protocol. We're going to switch up the order. Nick, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight, I am drinking Coors Light because there was no more Corona or Tecate in Walmart. I don't know what's going on. Coronavirus is outselling Corona beer. Um, and I also have my Kraken and my Schweppes ginger ale. My seven, that's the closest I can get to my seven and sevens. So I am drinking Kraken, ginger ale. And Coors Light. Is that too much? Yeah. No, that's fine. It sounds like they don't have much blended whiskey down in Mexico. Uh, glad to hear that you're sipping the Colorado Kool-Aid, a.k.a. Coors Light. And also good to hear that Corona is doing well in Mexico. Because I know some people up here were scared that there was some correlation, so they stopped buying Corona. I went out of my way to buy Corona to support it because I'm not going to let a random virus destroy a uh, historic and very well-known beer company. Uh, but EJ, tell us a little bit about the poison you're putting in your bloodstream tonight. Well, I think for the biggest poison that I have tonight, I just bought some bleach, and I'm definitely going to try to get the coronavirus out of my system with that. So Main vein that shit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just freebase it. <laughs> yes, I'm just freebasing some bleach. Actually, I think I did a little mixture as well with my tequila and soda I have. I just finished, uh, and now I'm moving on to some Michelob Ultras. Also been sipping on some gin all day today, so it's been a nice little mixture going on there. Excellent, what, excellent. what about you, sir? Uh, well, I've been drinking uh, Yingling Bush Lattes uh, earlier this afternoon while playing that I don't know, I forgot what it's called. What's that meme or whatever? It's like the meme board game. Had some friends over for the first time since this whole thing. So uh, got to interact with people face-to-face. Oh, got it's my your core team, huh? Yep. Then I went and got my haircut, came back, uh, kept going on the bush lattes, uh, just mixed it up, switched to uh, Jim Beam and Coca-Cola, and I have a yingling just kind of sweating behind it uh, up next. So... Ugh. is amazing shout out pottsville pennsylvania shout out the oldest brewery in american the oldest and the best they won't extend out here man i'm so mad they they will only hit up basically the eastern seaboard it's it sucks uh, oh yeah no yeelings pretty much everywhere now not in california really well 
Well, it's actually pronounced Yearling. It's a German family that moved over here. Uh, actually, shout out all of Pennsylvania because there are a lot of uh, Germans that immigrated and started beer companies. Uh, the other one I like up there, even though it's not too classy, is Rolling Rock, the old Latrobe. Love a good Rolling Rock, sir. Add a I little salt. A to- good Rolling Rock exists, but you know, better than Natty Light, I guess. But yeah, yeah Rolling Rock's better than Natty Light. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, following typical protocol, I guess we'll go ahead and just give them a little bit of a teaser of what it's what we're talking about. We are talking about the one, the only, the Amityville Horror. Again, the most popular haunting in American history. Really, this is a. There's so much to talk about on this. It, it's such a great story. There was an older movie, I believe, released in 1979. We're going to be covering the remake because we are uh, masochist at, uh, at some level. Um, but before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, let's talk about the stuff we're currently watching. I'm going to re-reverse this order. EJ, anything new on your docket or are you just watching the same stuff? Uh, well, still watching Battlestar Galactica. It's, it's okay. Still enjoying it. Uh, other than that, I switched it up this week, and I'm really just diving into some more movies. I watched one this week that I sent to you that I think you should really watch and you'll enjoy. It's called Prospect with uh, Old Boy from Game of Thrones and Mandalorian uh, with uh, Pedro Pascal. It's called Prospect, and it's a really great space movie. Wait, who's Old Boy from Game of Thrones? That Pedro, was Pedro Pascal. I, we, oh, I forgot. I forgot. And don't don't Nick's on season four right now, so we can't give any spoilers here. But he's. I'm pretty, yeah, sure, he's already seen, I'm pretty sure it was season two or three when. Uh, what was his freaking? No, name? no. Pedro Pascal doesn't come until season four. Are, are we sure? What, what was yeah, I'm hundred percent. What was his name in Game of Thrones? Yeah, his name from Dorne was. Uh, uh, he's like Elia Martel. You raped her. You killed her sister. What was what's what his name? Gilder sister. What was uh, name? It was uh, uh, oh my gosh! I have to remember it. Don't look it up. I have to remember this. Uh, Oberyn Martell. Oberyn Martell. Thank you. He's in season he's four. In season he's in season four. He's man, dude. Nick, you're in. You're. In, I think he's in season four, or season five. I, I'm pretty sure it's. How do you feel about Joffrey, Nicholas? Well, he just died in the last the episode that I watched, and I'm glad that he's gone. And there you go. That's the right answer. Yeah, so then he's already in the episode. Which one is he then? Oberyn Martell. He's the guy, he's the guy who's like the prince and he's always wearing like gold. Um like he's the prince from Dorne. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He came yeah. to visit he came to visit Winterfell um and, and he fights he, the mountain, right? I haven't gotten that far yet, but I'm on that episode right now. I'm on season four, episode five. And okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking. We'll about. leave it at that. We we will not ruin uh, any of that. Uh, EJ, what else are you watching? Because um, <laughs> uh, great movie you're about to drop. Oh man, I I watched for the first time. I hadn't watched it uh, ever, and I watched Wild Wild Things. Never watched it before. That's wild. Uh, until this week. Wild owner ever. Jesus Christ, I'm Denise Rich. Whew. When that movie came out in '98, I was like, I was like, what, seven, eight, I think. And my my mom and dad were like, absolutely, you're not watching, you're not watching this movie. But I remember my dad being like, oh my god. I mean, it was, it's like one of the best girl on girl scenes ever. Period. Oh, yeah. Nick, you should watch it. 
it's it's not a bad movie. It's really stupid, and then it gets really good, and then it gets really stupid again because it boggles yeah. itself down. Anyone uh, born in the eighties needs to watch Showgirls and Wild Things because those are very necessary. I love show, Showgirls. What, is great. What's the movie with the cartoons that are not cartoons, but they're like monsters, the wild things? I thought that's what you were talking about. Where the wild Where the wild things are? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I used to no, love that. Kindergarten. God, we're we're dating ourselves. Uh, and then, of course, you're still nerding out. What are you nerding out on, sir? Still got Call of Duty. And then uh, I saw on Game Pass this week, which I got for a dollar, uh, they had the Halo Master Chief Collection. So I am rolling through all of the Halos again. And they're all remastered and they're beautiful. Yeah. And I'm enjoying the hell out of it because I'm just playing with a couple buddies and we're just going through all the missions together. Fun time. Yeah, I think uh, I bought that for like Nick, 30 bucks when it first came out, and then someone stole my Xbox, and that game was still in it. So I lost an Xbox and that game, but definitely uh, a $1 well spent, if not $0.99. Cents, uh, yeah, keep throwing money to them. One of the greatest video game franchises in history Ever. as well. Who's Ever. that, Bungie? Bungie? I think it is Bungie, actually, right? It's Bungie. Yo, Halo was... Nick Nick and I used to play Halo all the time together. Oh, Halo. Halo. I love Halo. Uh, I remember getting Tyler and Steven, and we, we rode over to Jason Magrum's house to play his brother and his friends because <laughs> they were all talking shit, and we fucking destroyed them. On the original <laughs> Xbox, the green yeah, one. Like, the green one. I remember that. That was Halo. That was Halo, too. Right. We brought two Xboxes over and like did a LAN connection or something. Oh my god, the days, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so Nick, I know we already spoiled uh, your first answer here, but what are you watching? Yeah, so Game of Thrones season four. You're right. Um, the guy. Are you enjoying it at least? Do you love it? Like, is it great? Yeah, it's great, but it's just like you got to pay attention. You can't be doing other things watching this show. Um, no, not at all. Cocaine Island. I watched that today. That was funny on Netflix with the guy that had a treasure of cocaine buried somewhere in the middle of Calibra, Calibra Island in Puerto Rico. Um, I watched uh, Code 8 this week, Going to Sleep, mm. which mm. actually it kind of reminded me of that Will Smith movie, um, Bright. Is it called Bright? It was kind of like a futuristic police movie. It, it, it was good. I, I like those type of movies. I like the um, sci-fi, little action, crime yeah, movies. If you like that, Nick, you should check out this movie called Upgrade. It's really cool. I don't know if either of you have ever seen it, but this dude basically turns into of, like a human fighting machine, and it's crazy. Reminds me of a no, little Wayne mixtape. Let me upgrade you. Let me upgrade you. Yes. I will agree with that. It was interesting uh, for sure. Uh, myself, I, I don't really have any sufficient updates, and that's a little strange, but I've been absolutely crushing Money Heist. Um, I think it's really probably one of the best uh, new series on Netflix. I think it started in 2006 or 2007, or 17, rather. God, I'm way off. 2016 or 2006. <laughs> You're writing movies at uh, Redbox, bro. Yeah. It's, a, uh, <laughs> it's a Spanish series on Netflix with voiceovers. Yeah, Money um, Heist is great. Still really good. We're like already on the third uh, season. There's four seasons so far, and then uh, working through Taboo uh, slowly still. And, you still uh, liking it? 
it, Tom Hardy's great. The the story's a little slow, but I, I, I'm interested to see kind of where it goes. Um, but outside of that, you know, I'm still doing Warzone. Did a FIFA tournament for the Inter Miami fans uh, just like an hour ago. Uh, so you know, going strong on that, but um, definitely need to uh, need to expand that because I seem to just be focused on a couple things for right now. The other thing that I did do this past week was I Googled and YouTubed the entire No Ceilings mixtape by Lil Wayne, which was actually <laughs> that's I, a great mixtape. That's up there, bro. Like watching movies yeah. and listening to No Ceilings by Lil Wayne. That was that was a good yeah. chance. You doing that I, simultaneously? No, I just did it. I, I like to listen to music when I'm not watching movies. Yeah. I uh, I recently, <laughs> um, I don't know, probably like, not recently, but like maybe six months ago, uh, downloaded um, The Drought 3, both. both, both oh, yeah. Those are so good. Yeah, it, it's, and it's funny because uh, like, oh, it was Dom that posted like, mixtape Lil Wayne was different. You had to be there to understand. And like 100%, that was like the prime of. Yeah, like, download online Kazaa and Bear Share. Bear Share, baby, and LimeWire. Yeah, LimeWire. Damn, we're getting old, huh? Yeah, we are. We just showed our age there. I remember I remember having my Sharpie next to my, my computer. I had like my little personal computer. I just write every song down I had on the disc. Dude, the original and, Napster, Kazaa, and LimeWare days, man, that, that stuff was just, that was rowdy. I miss it. I miss, I miss having a mixtape to look forward to all the time that I would like thoroughly enjoyed. And your Gateway 2000 yeah. with Encarta 98 yeah. on it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, that will, I think, wrap us up on our uh, typical uh, protocol. Um, but so oh. let's get into the. Nope, we're not done. Drinking game. Drinking game. Okay. What's either, your drinking game? Drinking game. This- oh, boy. Well, I will say I didn't do my due diligence on this this time to figure out. So we're just going to keep the same ones as last time. So for all six of you that tuned in last time, we have. Anytime someone cusses, drink. Take a drink anytime anytime the word Amityville is mentioned. And take a drink if a phrase comes up oddly sexual. Finish your drink if, and I didn't finish this. What are we going to do here? Finish your drink if what? If Jay is not racist, but it's, what is the word called? Xenophobic. There you go. Yeah. Are painting me in a horrible light here. <laughs> uh, not politically correct, I guess, comes up. Then finish your drink. I will die of asphyxiation within 45 minutes. But uh, let's give this one a go. We are talking about, again, one of the best hauntings horror stories in American history, the Amityville Horror, a film brought to us by the classic Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer MGM, also Dimension Films, also Platinum Dooms. That's basically all we need. There's probably some uh, some other uh, smaller ones, uh, but a classic, a classic, a remake. They made one, I believe, in originally in 1970. Because there was a sleep where I did not know about that. I texted you earlier today that's wait wait what's that you said you said what there was a sleeper like a, a sleeper actor that i was not aware this was even the person oh yes no problem no problem so we also have melissa george playing kathy lutz jesse james um, no relation to the other jesse james 
Billy Lutz, Jimmy Bennett playing Michael Lutz, and then Miss Chloe Grace Moretz playing Chelsea Lutz. I I was honestly surprised when I found that out, but uh, yeah, no, you're right. Jesse James, no correlation to the uh, chopper bike guy. I believe who dated Sandra Bullock. Um, I wonder where he is now. Jesus, I, I wonder who the babysitter was. Also, the outlaw. No relation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's other characters, but we don't want to, uh, you know, waste too much. Time but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. It's funny because Chloe Grace Moretz, like, I mean, for me, I'm pretty good at spotting like famous people. So like, I saw her in this, I was like, holy shit, this Chloe Grace Moretz has like a three year old. Like, I can't believe she's in this movie. But I mean, the girl's been around doing doing roles since she was in diapers, basically. I mean, maybe this was her first role. I'm not sure. I, I bet you she was six in this yeah. role, I'm guessing. She's a uh, new generation Dakota fanning. That's <laughs> true. That's true. All right, so let's get into this. I, you know, first and foremost, want to give a shout out to EJ. He put together a hell of an outline, did a ton of research on this, very in-depth. We do have a lot of stuff to talk about. I do want to give a brief plot overview without reading through too much of EJ's talking points. I'll go ahead and leave that up. Uh, hopefully I'm not stepping on his toes or reiterating everything. But uh, the In Medieval Horror coming to you from uh, Amityville, Long Island, an affluent neighborhood of Long Island. Uh, long story short, because <laughs> we're going to get into this. Um, six people died in one night. Uh, a family member killed six of his other family members, claimed he was possessed while doing it. Uh, again, going a long story short, uh, shortly after that, a family moved into that. They started experiencing some strange paranormal activities, and I believe they moved out of the house within like 28 days. Uh, this is one of the most, if not the most popular American haunting. So much to talk about this. Very interesting. If you are listening to this podcast, you're probably already into the paranormal. You probably already know about this, but we're going to have some fun while talking about it. But again, don't want to say too much. EJ deserves all the credit for this outline, this episode. I will let him take it from here. Uh, build the scene for us. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate it. Uh, first off. Yeah, this this is a very famous haunting slash murder. Uh, it has largely been fabricated and debunked, and then fabricated again over the last forty years. Um, there's several books written about this, and also nine movies, and probably more to come down the line here. But when we talk about the Amityville Horror case, we're really talking about two cases here. We're talking about the mass murders committed by Ronald DeFeo Jr., a.k.a. Butch, in 1974, and the experiences that Kathy and George Lutz claimed to have had after they moved into the house where the murders took place. Now, as Jay said earlier, this this took place 30 miles outside of uh, of New York City in the town of Amityville, which is near Deer Park, Long Island. On November 13th, 1974, this place was the scene of a mass murder. Using a 35 Marlin rifle. Wow. 35 Marlin rifle. That's why we call it the best. That's what we use when we go hunting. I know. I, when I saw the picture, I was like, oh, shit, this is what we used. Weren't we, up, yeah, in De- it, weren't we up kind of up near that area? No, that's Long Island. Deer Park. I mean, I have friends that live in Deer Park, but no, we were upstate New York. 
Gotcha. From your friendly redneck gun nut, uh, that is a 30-06. If you're familiar with that round, it's big as hell. Uh, we'll take down the biggest of the mooses. So it's a it's a loud people. weapon. It's a very loud weapon, and it's going to put a serious hole through your body with a very big uh, round. Yeah, and using that 35 Marlin rifle. Ronald DeFeo Jr., he murdered his entire family while they were asleep, which included his parents and four siblings. So six people total. Now, I know most of us have heard this story. I have several times over the year. I've never taken a deep dive like I have this week into this uh, into this story, and it's pretty fascinating. And there's some really interesting details that surround this case uh, and some things I learned along the way while researching. Um one thing I, th- I found that was interesting was that the DeFeos were all found in the same fucking position in the house. That is, lying face down on their bellies, dead. Every single one of them. I also know yeah, so that throughout the, the whole thing. Sorry, the, the interesting thing about that is. No, you're good. Yeah, they were all on their stomachs, shot in the back. Forensics. Forensic evidence does suggest, however, that the mother and daughter were awake while they were killed. Um, But there is a lot of legend and lore around how such a powerful and loud weapon did not wake them up. Which daughter are you saying, though? Dawn, or are you saying Uh, the other daughter? I believe it was Chelsea. Oh, no, sorry. That's that's the last. Whoever the the younger daughter was. uh, I think it's Abigail or something. Allison? I think it's Allison. Of the the DeFeo's family. So, you know. There's a lot of lore around that. Some people think that the spirits or demonic entity uh, somehow silenced the weapon or whatever. But yeah, they were all kind of shot in the back while sleeping, went room to room, and just toasted the whole household. Yeah, and it's estimated that this murder took an entire 15 minutes from start to finish, and every last member of the family was found lying in the same position, which suggested that they were arranged that way. Now, the police determined that the rifle hadn't, had not been fitted with a silencer, so the gunshots should have hypothetically broken up the rest of the family. As we were just saying a minute ago, the Marlin rifle, it can be heard from nearly a mile away. It's a loud-ass gun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the neighbors probably should have been able to hear this, but, you know, I don't know, man. In Long Island, they're, they're eating a lot of pasta and pierogies, drinking a lot of wine. <laughs> no, not in Deerfield. I have no idea they're being murdered next door. But, okay, all right, saying that, please scroll down, and I know our audience can't see this, but I'm going to put this up on socials later. Please scroll down. You can see an overhead shot of the Amityville house here. Uh, please look and note that right next door you can see one neighbor's house to the left, and then just a little bit further over you can see another house. There's no way that people can't hear that shot. It's weird. It's it's too close of a neighborhood. It's not like what it looked like in that movie that we watched last night. Unless you have a demonic weapons arms dealer. But I will say it is probably the creepiest house, house ever constructed in America. I'm I was trying to kind of put myself in the right mentality or the shoes of why anyone would buy such a creepy house but for the movie i'm trying to put myself in the right mentality too what's the name of this movie again i'm trying to understand new yorkers <laughs> a long time ago <laughs> okay i just wanted to drink again because you you guys haven't drank and whenever you Cheers. say amityville you gotta like, drink well, so all right that's twice because we just did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh now 
There was not any signs of struggle, nor was there any evidence of sedatives used to knock the victims out or keep them quiet. Additionally, the neighbors didn't hear any gunshots at all. All they heard was the family dog barking. Now, there's theories that there may have been a second killer who was never caught. Also, there might have not been one. I don't know. Jerry's still out on that one. But the police had a real hard time explaining this crime. How was it that no one in the family woke up to the gunshots, nor did any of the neighbor hear the gunshots as well? Dr. Howard Adelman, Deputy Chief Medical Examiner of Suffolk County, was present at the crime scene and personally conducted the autopsies of the DeFeo family. He testified at Ron's trial that he felt it was impossible that just one person committed these crimes. Now, several investigators and authors have suggested that the older sister, Dawn, took part in the shootings. The first five victims were on the second floor of the house. The father, Ronald DeFeo Sr., mother, Louise DeFeo. Across the other side of the house, the two boys, Mark and John DeFeo. And then 13-year-old Allison DeFeo. That's seven total shots at 140 decibels, which can be heard from nearly a mile away. Yeah, that's Each. like a jet engine as far as, as sound goes. I, I know there... I think uh, Butch initially said that it was like a mob hit on his on his father because he. he owned yeah, I don't know. But that that guy was found to be have a really good solid alibi that he was out of town when this happened. Yeah, that is true. Um, you know that that could honestly just be a lie. I, it's, it's so hard. Everyone from New York, I feel like I assume is just kind of somehow in the mafia in, in some regard. <laughs> Nick, are you in the mafia? Nick, I gotta know. Are any of your family? I've known you for twenty five years. Any of your family in the mafia? Yeah, my my last name's Durso. It's real Italian. Yeah, it's got an O at the end of it. Every, but still, anything in the vet? Anything in your family? Anybody got the mob hits on them? No. One of my very good uh, friends at work, his uh, his like good portion of his family was in in the the mafia, and his uncle was like serving life sentences. He was a hitman. Uh, Whoa, his, really? His uncle, yeah, they literally like there's literature uh, about him. Um, this guy is not, he's kind of like the, 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 the black sheep of the family or black duck, if you will. Uh, everyone in his family's hard and he is just very nice. Jesus. So it, it, he's very nice, but does that mean that he's calm, cool, and collected? Or like, does have you ever met this guy? First off, I got to know. I haven't met his uncle because he's in prison, but like a, a good portion of his family was somehow tied to it but he's more like the type of like if he was in the mob he'd be like hey man do my work over here like um you know give me some, my house give me the money you owe me. i don't know why i'm doing a russian accent but you know hey it'd be cool if you'd give me the money you owe me and uh you know we'll be fine you know but most mobsters are like uh you're dead just throw it in a bag just throw it in a bag <laughs> hey i'm walking over here some cup of coal, throw it on the, give me some mozzarella, you know, but hey, give me the money you owe me. If not, it's cool, but, you know, it'd be cool if you could give it to me, too. Throw it in the bag. But his, uncle was just gonna, his uncle would just shoot you. He literally has a body count. Uh, anyway. Now, look, Ron DeFeo has changed his story numerous times over the years, but one of his more consistent accounts is that Don took parts in the killings. In most versions of his story, he has claimed responsibility for the murder of his mother and father, but has often blamed Dawn for the killing of his siblings. After he, after he had discovered what she had done, Ron said that he killed Dawn after a struggle with the rifle. Some evidence does exist to tentatively support the scenario, 
Don seems to have been killed somewhere else in the house other than her bed and placed there after her death. Now, the reason for this... A lot of of people, you know, have have kind of speculated that this this whole family, um, not the most loving, they were kind of, I think, all suspicious of each other. And I think they're numerous ones of them had some sort of, of weaponry, uh, but there, you know, it also doesn't help your case when you have threatened to kill your family numerous times and people remember that. And then when, you know, they reported the whole family had been killed, people were like, oh, well, you know, it's definitely Bush. She's mentioned it many a time. So that definitely doesn't help this case, but uh, seems to be pretty much clinically insane. So you don't know exactly what's going on. No, the guy has clear problems and we'll get into this in a second of mental health issues uh, a lot of abusive relationship with his father he, he really had a fucked up life growing up drug abuse mental and physical uh, abuse you said a bad word so oh. I think we have to drink. you know what nick i really like having you here because you really keep us in check and to make sure we're drinking yeah i'm trying to drink right? <laughs> what else am i gonna do in coronavirus time <laughs> i literally have an entire shelf with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cases of beer and two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty, twenty. Can you can you do me a favor? Ninety-nine beers on the wall, and we are going are you to counting them? A steady yeah. decline in listeners from minute one to minute uh blah 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 blah. No, I literally have forty bottles of wine and liquor on this wall too. I mean, like I, I have been, I have, I haven't stopped drinking since like January twenty sixth. Yeah, I took one day off. Oh no, this, I, I got really sick the second week of this. But yeah, it's a, it's so socially acceptable to start drinking at eleven in the morning and be feeling way too good uh, by three in the afternoon. I've been rolling over drinking my remainder amounts of alcohol on the nightstand it's ridiculous you guys have a working, fucking problem I've been working kind of drunk yeah. <laughs> my work talking to people i'm like fucking slurring i haven't worked in over a year now jesus what am i doing you fucking bum i'll try to keep some sense of normalcy during this this coronavirus okay i'm i'm i'm, I'm, I'm not even wearing pants i mean right now. i haven't worn pants in a month that's that's or two months that's not a normal thing, but actually, forty-two. Driving to Argentina. I'm driving to Argentina from Arizona. That is not normal. You're not I'm driving right now. Argentina for over a year now. Yeah, we've made it about two states from Mexico. <laughs> you know what? Countries, countries, they're countries. They're countries. Yeah, well, you know what? Mexico's big. You did make it pretty far down Mexico, and then you know what happened? You had to backtrack. So here you are, back at square one. My car's still in Belize, though. <laughs> All right, look. Anyway, Rick Moran, who was one of the first group of reporters at the scene uh, the night of the bodies were discovered, has studied the DeFeo murders for more than 30 years. Moran cites that one of Ron DeFeo's strangest claims is that on the night of the shootings, he was watching TV in a drug-induced haze when a strange black-hooded figure came to him and handed him a rifle, urging him to commit the murders. Moran thinks this figure could have been Don. Don was often spotted by neighbors wearing a black snorkel-style coat. First off, what's a snorkel-style coat? I don't understand what that means <laughs> at all. I was like, what is it? I'm not sure what that is, but yeah, it was apparently like a, a female entity that, that handed him the gun. 
but he also had a serious cocaine, heroin, and uh, acid problem. And uh, don't we all? If you've ever taken acid, you know seeing someone isn't the most insane thing I've ever heard of people taking acid. Not that I know, because yeah. I'm a good schoolboy. I've never. Done I wouldn't. Know, I wouldn't know what any of that stuff is. Sorry, mom. But yes, apparently neighbors still see her wearing a black snorkel style coat. And this was further backed up. And I will say before I read this sentence, I don't fully understand this. And I tried to do some more research and I couldn't find more information on this. But this was further backed up by Moran and a DEA agent who actually had the house under surveillance the night of the murders due to a suspicion that Ron Jr. had been smuggling drugs in the speedboat. The D, I know. I don't understand it. I'm like, okay, if you if you are a DEA agent, if the DEA was really outside the house the night of the murders, how the fuck could they not heard this? How the how the hell could they have not heard all of these gunshots going on? They've been hanging out with Jason Bateman way too long, smuggling heroin across Ozark Lake. Welcome to America. We have the finest police officers. Yeah. Not fucking off. I mean, is Mexico much better? Let's be honest. To be honest, I think it is. I don't think so, Nick. Statistically speaking, it's not, but I appreciate the uh, zealot attitude. Um, you know, I know you're down there. You don't want to offend the people, but uh, let's be honest. Higher level. Yeah, you're more corrupted than anywhere else. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, you got Trump telling people to start drinking bleach. No one's li- – yeah. Let's not get <laughs> First off, Dursa, you were banned from eBay as a freshman in high school. <laughs> shit, so don't even go down Wait, first off, Nick was banned from eBay for – what was it? You were selling sand online? Was that it? No, he was like selling some list to some information. He got banned. I gave him my email address, and then I got some sketchy email. My parents were like, why would you? I was like, oh, my God, it doesn't matter. Jay, you know what? I'm still to this day doing stuff for Nick. There was a sketch ball, but uh, my parents eventually realized that he's, he's, he's a pretty good guy. Nick, what was it really quickly? What was it that uh, – It's like a, a list of wholesalers or dropshippers or something. What was it that Hagrid said in your class at Xavier? Hagador. Hagador. I'll either be a millionaire or I'll end up in jail. And look, you you left America. You were going to get in jail, and then you ran to Mexico, and here you are going down to Argentina. (laughs) I'm either going to be a millionaire or end up in jail. (laughs) My dad used to tell all his friends I'm either going to end up at Penn State or the State Penn. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Surprise. I got both. I got you covered on both fronts, Dad. Well, not Penn State, but I did go to State University. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the DEA agent observed, supposedly, Dawn in her black coat leaving the house with a rifle, getting in a car, and driving off in the direction the firearm was subsequent. Well, I can't even say it. I'm going to drink for that one. I can't say this word. You see someone in a trench coat leaving a house with a gun. While you're doing surveillance and you're not like, yo, let's follow this person? Subsequently, EJ. Subsequently. 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 
subsequently. Uh, yes. Subsequently, driving off in the direction the firearm was found. Additionally, Don's boyfriend, William Davidge, weird last name, stated to the court that Don was a habitual user of LSD and mescaline and had recently started to become hostile to her parents because they refused to allow her to live with him. But there's evidence against this theory as well. The DeFeo family was not your all-American family. Ronald DeFeo Sr. was a domineering and abusive man, and the mother seemed to fade into the background uh, under his overbearing personality. From that, Ronald Jr. grew increasingly troubled into young adulthood, relying on drugs and alcohol to cope. He lashed out physically and even threatened his father with a gun. The DeFeo's parents had hoped that a weekly stipend and gifts would appease him. Well, he, also be, gifts. he also be yeah. uh, his children, his wife. So, uh, you know, Butch, uh, Butch did not have, have it easy from the get-go. Um, that was, you know, more common uh, before, like this whole Me Too movement, especially in like the, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Like you could hit your wife and talk about it and people didn't even judge you. That's culturally insensitive. I'm just going to drink for that one right there. I mean, I guess, but it's factually. Yeah, factually drinking. <laughs> Uh, now look, Ron DeFeo Jr., Butch, thank you, Jay, for saying that. He's still alive today and claims that voices urged him to kill his family. However, he's changed his story several times over the years. But he is still alive and currently serving 6 to 25 years. Uh, oh, no, no, 6, six to 25 years. years. Let me start that one over. Yeah. Let me rewind. Okay. Let me rewind. Let me rewind. Life in prison. Ron is currently serving six 25 years to life sentences right now. Carry the two, that's 150 years. <laughs> he will get out when he's 186 years old and will also break the Guinness World Record for oldest living human ever. You think he's going to get out? No. He's, he's going to die in jail. He's a fucking crazy asshole. Did my sarcasm not come across? Well, you were carrying the two, so you seem like really. What is he, Rip Van Winkle? <laughs> you sleep there for a long time. Is that what the good mescaline does? I don't know. I mean, I have some mescaline I'm gonna try after this, and then hopefully I'll let you guys know how I feel next week when we record the next part of the episode. Because I have quaaludes for next week. Do you really? No, they stopped feel- making those in like. No, no, they didn't. They smoked them in South Africa. They break a bottle and smoke it out of the cap. I saw it on Viceland. Quaaludes from the 80s? And then I'm over here texting my dad like, hey, dad, what the hell does a quaalude feel like? Does your dad really know? I don't know. I mean, I've heard some shit. I've heard some stories from my dad's friends, but he doesn't really go into that with me. He wants me to be a criminal because I smoke weed. So to each their own, I guess. But, um... So that's basically like the backdrop of it, right? And that's kind of where the original crime and I guess evil spirits or beginning are, quote unquote, you know, be begin. Well, you would think that this would oh, yeah. be the prime prime haunting of a house right there is people get murdered in it and their spirit never leaves, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so let's I guess let's take this from a realistic standpoint. That is the backstory. That is what happened if we are atheists and don't believe in any sort of otherworldly spirits uh, guy went crazy killed his family um 
now we're going to fast forward to the real, I guess, story behind this movie. And before we go into this, I just want to clearly state everyone should be aware of the news in their area. Uh, if someone is murdered or there is a big mass murder that happens, maybe take note of that address and don't move into that house. Seems logical, but... Uh, it's important to do your research. Now, however, in 1975, I imagine it's a little bit harder to do your research than it is today, yeah. where I can just pop on my phone. No Google Maps. No Google. There was no Google Maps back then. They had to pull out the good old-fashioned. Hey, man, we've all seen those old movies where they're basically turning that knob in the library and they're going through different fucking papers. Yeah, this is a massive story. You think people would be aware, but fuck. You would think. But 13 months later. People actually think the president suggested injecting Lysol. So, you know, you never know. uh, I mean, I feel a lot better. I've been fucking If you're dumb enough to think a multi-billionaire is so stupid to think that hand sanitizer or Lysol is good upon injection, well, then please... You probably deserve to die. Because, yeah, you're retarded. Yeah, you you deserve to die. But look, I'm not trying to get political on this podcast, nor do I want to be. Jay, you're right. All right. Um, But anyway, look, 13 months later, you know what happened? The Lutz family purchased the home at a drastically reduced price of $80,000. $80,000 in 1975. Nick, what do you think that is? Well, 80 grand on Long Island. But, but, but 80,075, like what is that in today's measures? 80 grand and 75. Like like if we, if it was 2020 right now and we and we were buying this house, 250,000? I don't know. Did you look it up? Look it up. No. I'm I mean, I'll look type it up. In, type in 80K 1979 in today's money. I'm going to say it's like 190 grand. It's probably double. Let's find out. It would be $396,000 is how much. 396 is how much you could buy that house for today. No, for today. No, okay. Do it no, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, like, if you were, if we were buying that house, you and I were looking at that house, and they said, and it's 2020, and they were to say, yeah, this house is this much money, there would be equivalent of twenty thousand, or it would be equivalent of three hundred and ninety-six thousand dollars today. So if we were, okay, so eighty, yeah, eighty grand back in 1979 is was worth ninety grand, four hundred grand, yeah. which is still expensive, but quite a deal for this house which is it's a very spacious house and very nice and very you know the, the house is very old in the movie yeah, they like I didn't old, know. It, they said it was built in like 1680 or something well they say that in the movie and i didn't look this up and I, i'm actually want to look this up on the next episode is i don't know exactly when this house is built but i the the town of amityville is very old um, and I imagine yeah, that this the, helped. The, the, like, the backstory they gave, I don't think it's legit. I think it was just the movie trying to like tie it into like an older uh, kind of evil. But also on that note, like, do you guys each want to go in and like maybe like buy a haunted house, move in, maybe like start a, a ghost pornography studio called you know Ectoplasm Shoots? 
<laughs> yeah, that would be the where the hell did you get that name from? I'm in out of it. EPS. Yeah, a little okay, EPS. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You know, you know what we should buy? We should buy the uh, Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Kentucky, and then we will become the solars. Yeah, is it? I mean, it's probably about three hundred thousand dollars, which is eighty thousand dollars in nineteen seventy five. So have you guys seen the internet episode of uh, South Park when Randy comes all over himself and says it's ectoplasm. I I have did not. He, it's like a ghost. Did, he, it's, it's did he read the terms of Did he read the terms of service? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is a great episode of South Park right there. If you read the human the terms of service, uh, or uh, you know terms and conditions, fuck you. Who reads that shit? Yeah, well, you know, Carmen, Carmen, you signed it. You you agreed. You agreed. <laughs> You gotta put your, your face your on his ass. Nine-page legal document and all the sections and subjects of it. I, I on a side note here, since we're talking about South Park, I cannot wait to see what they do this season with everything that's going on in the world. They have been top-notch the last few seasons on mm-hmm. their on their stuff. Uh, but anyway, yeah, especially with uh, Kim Jong Un now uh, being dead slash in a vegetative state uh, from outlets in. Uh, Japan and China. We don't really know the uh, if he's dead or if he's just a vegetable. Um, but if he is is a vegetable or in a vegetative state, I will say uh, great for North Korea. This is the first time the people have seen a fresh vegetable in probably four years. <laughs> That's true. Maybe maybe longer. Well, actually, they're probably harvesting fresh vegetables for Kim Jong Un. Let's be real. What if they'll just wheelchair them in front of their fake grocery store? Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Hey, I have seen that documentary, and that is insane. That there are just fake grocery stores lined up to make it look like North Korea is a normal place. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Let's just have a moment of silence for Dennis Rodman. I know he was Kim Jong Un's like very good friend, and he's he's probably having a tough time dealing with this. So, uh, shout out to the himself. I guess I need to go back here. We're also all, I'm guessing, maybe me and Jay, watching The Last Dance right now. No, I haven't watched it yet. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm just letting the episodes build so I can binge it. It is, it is fantastic. But yes, when you get on that, let me know. Anyway, back to the story here. Uh, however, the Lutz has really only lasted about 20 days in this house. 28 days in this house. 28 days. Yeah, yeah. Before abandoning the home. Murder, I think, to happen. Did it? In that house, I believe. Maybe I'm incorrect. I don't know. There, that's a good question, and that's something to look at. There were similarities to the 28 days, and also like the 315. It might have been like 340 in reality, but like the, the whole witching hour, where uh, that's when you know most demonic um, or kind of hauntings happen. It's apparently like some kind of inside ghost. Uh, I, don't know, I like this thought, Jay. To the Holy Trinity, I believe. I like this thought. I'm going to go back and listen to this episode again when I'm editing it, and we are going to follow up on these questions that we have. So we're going to find out whether or not the original DeFeo family only lasted 28 days in this house. I don't think they did, but we're going to find out. So could be way off. I've been drinking quite a bit today. You know what? Have oh, yeah. So anyway, this is what – their tales is what became the paranormal activity that propelled the legend of what we know today as the Amityville Horror. 
So some of the things that the Lutz family claimed to have experienced, stepfather George Lutz had a history of dabbling in the occult. Now I find this weird and also normal at the same time because when you see some paranormal shit happening in your house, you investigate. I investigate at least. Jay, I know your ass would investigate. Nick, he would just be like, weird shit's happening. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I've been hearing yeah. weird shit in my house for the past two weeks. And... It's time to pull out the Ouija board, man. Hey, it's, it's, always time... a, it's always at night when I'm really high and I'm like, oh, God, am I going to have to shoot a ghost with a shotgun? Mate, well, I don't know if that would work. You might just end up killing someone else. Let's be honest here. Probably. Oh, shit. Hold on. checking your voicemail right now no no the pizza guy's at the door i'm sorry let's let's rewind there i had to let him in the door hold on one pizza second. Pizza Hut, big box no it's fine it's fine leave it in it's all right man go get your pizza no 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 kate's getting it we're good oh we're just gonna carry right on then uh so yeah you know let's draw some pentagrams get naked bang and, uh, is that pretty much the synopsis of uh devil worship it uh well, if you dabble, if you dabble in that, but in the occult, uh, apparently, and what from my research that I found, uh, Christopher, who now goes, formerly Christopher Lutz, now goes by Christopher Quarantino, not Quar, not not Quarantino, not wait, what's his name? It's fucking Long Island. Wow, I am drunk now. Damn birth name. Quarantino. <laughs> I'm drunk. Anyway. Yes, he took his he took his really his real father's birth name of the last name Quarantino. Not not Quentin Quarantino. Cover this last name, Quarant Quarantino. This is great because I've seen a meme. Quarantino. Quarantino. Taron Quarantino. So great fucking last name for these times. Quentin Tarantino, and then we got Chris Quarantino. Anyway. Uh, we should Would probably be. drink for that. Yeah, we should. So anyway, Christopher Quarantino, formerly Christopher Lutz, sat down with the Seattle Times in 2005, which is right along the time when this movie came out. So he jumped in on the press buzz circuit when this movie came out and obviously made some money off of this. Uh, and told the fame hungry and went your 15 minutes. But the original movie came out in 1979. The original movie did, but this, but this movie, yeah. But the thing was, George and Kathy Lutz—they're the reason that this that this movie became famous in the first place. Their claims is what brought this movie to light, and what made uh, the author Jay—if I can't remember the name of the author right now—the author that came out with the book in '79 write all the stories, which everyone says is fabricated. I think it's something with an A. Jay Anson. Uh, yeah, so yeah. they basically kept this under wraps for the most part, and then towards the end is when they, they started to uh, leak it out. And also notable, this was uh, really um, – it, it, this movie came out shortly after uh, The Exorcist. So, yeah. like, demonic entities were very hot and, and popular – uh, in American pop culture at the time. So once this information came out, everyone kind of flocked to it, right? So like the devil and demon is, is demons is definitely uh, on the newer side of, of the Bible, right? So that wasn't something mm -hmm. that was in the Bible when it was written or 
when Jesus was there, when Jesus died. This is something that, that really came later. Uh, probably, I would imagine, like in, I don't know, like the, the Dark Ages, the 1200s, maybe 1500s, something like that. Um, but it was really hyped up in, in America at the time. So when this happened, it was kind of the perfect uh, environment that had been set up for everyone to, to really pay attention and, and flock to this. Yep. And it's really what fueled, uh, I think, is what became a true hoax uh that george and kathy lutz cooked up with we'll find we'll, we'll, we'll go down this here in a second but anyway uh when christopher Corazino sat down with the seattle times in 2005 he told them that his stepfather george lutz brought the troubles in that house on himself and then amplified the paranormal events to profit from the books and movies about the house He's a professional showman, in my and in, in my opinion, says Christopher. He's a professional showman, in my opinion, says Christopher. Now of his late stepfather, who died in two thousand six, uh, of Didn't heart. Did you say pain. like uh, Ron Senior was like a fucking magician or something? No, I did not say that. I think you're hearing things. I, I might be hearing things, or I might. Are you sure your house isn't haunted? Is something? Yeah. Like, he's a magician. Can't trust his family. Let's just go ahead. And <laughs> now, to someone killed their whole family. Uh, that's the official story, but that's not why we're here. We want to get into the creepy, uh, the sketchy, and so let's just fully deep dive, have some suspension of disbelief, uh, believe in ghosts, and if you don't, get the fuck off this podcast. That's true. <laughs> now, according to Quartito, when the family moved in the house in 1975, George Lutz was cautious of everything paranormal and tried to summon the supernatural beings by chanting. Because of this chanting, Quarantino believes that George invited an evil presence in that house. Lutz was said to wake up at 3.15 every, every morning, 3.15 a.m. every morning, which is around the time when Ron carried out the murders. The Lutz family claimed to smell strange odors see green slime oozing out of the walls and keyholes and experience cold spots in certain areas of the house. When a priest came to the house to bless it, he allegedly heard a voice scream, get out. And he told the Lutzes to never sleep in that particular room in the house. Now that priest has been backed up his, his, uh, allegations during an appearance of the 1970 shows in search of hosted by Leonard Nimoy. When did ghostbusters come out? When was like Slimer thing? 89, 88? Rolling around, putting ectoplasm. 87? No, I mean, Ghostbusters is different. I mean, uh, Dan Aykroyd is a, who wrote that film, is a huge paranormal believer. If you've yeah. never listened, oh my gosh. I'm just saying, like, the, the, the green slime, the ectoplasm. Uh, oh, I forgot. Yeah, I, I just watched Kingpin earlier today. Uh, Love it. Some Bill Murray, dude. So good. Oh my God. I, you know, it's funny. In fucking Wild Things I watched earlier, Bill Murray was in that, which is fantastic. I don't remember that. Um, now look, Christopher claims that he saw a shadow presence standing at the doorway to his bedroom. The presence had no feet and it terrified him. The presence approached him but disappeared before making contact and left behind a foul stench. Some other paranormal activity that was seen in the house or heard, a nearby garage door opening and closing, which I think in the movie uh, that we saw was the Boathouse. Uh, boathouse doors opening and closing all the time. An invisible spirit knocking a knife down in the kitchen. 
a pig-like creature with red eyes staring down at George and his son Daniel from a window. And yeah, this George, is interesting because this was they, I believe that that creature was called Jody, who in the the, the movie yeah. uh, is is basically like the, the youngest daughter is Allison. Uh, yeah, but notably, uh, some of the common things you're going to see in any paranormal uh, story is it's going to be really cold. You're going to smell a foul stench of almost rotting meat. Uh, so that actually, you know, is kind of true as far as like the shadowy figure. Let's be honest. He could have been concussed because he was getting beat so much by his father. It's true. I mean, well, this wait, wait. We're talking about which person being beat so much by his father. Uh, I'm gonna go with Butch. Oh well, yes, but well, now we're on. You know what? Oh, we're on the lessons now. Well, okay, okay. You know what? I'm gonna shut up and let you continue. Well, largely, <laughs> largely today, this case is seen as a hoax. Although I'll George, drink for that. I'll drink for that one. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Now look, there are no hoaxes. Have you ever tried to, to, to shoot a ghost up with Lysol? I heard it gets I'm, rid of it. I'm going to later on tonight because I don't want any COVID nineteen in this house, bro. So if there's any ghost spirits in my house, which I'm pretty sure there are. Who just tried to spell that, but we're not in Uzbekistan. Use some damn vowels. Uh, that was my fault because I just spilled beer all over my desk, but we're good. Continuing on here. Largely today, this case is seen as a hoax. Although George and Kathy stuck to their story throughout their entire lives, Kathy and George divorced in 1988. Kathy died of emphysema in 2004, and George died of heart disease in 2006. However, Many, I get emphysema all the time in Oregon Trail, man. You got to watch out for it. No, that's cochlea. Dysentery. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, there's two. Yeah. Dysentery so, and cochlea. DJ, you've done such great work. I'm no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Hey, we're here to have a good time. We're here drinking. You know what? For that, no, just drink. So cheers. Let's drink. Playing Oregon Trail and Mavis Beacon. I honestly would love hey, to play Oregon Beacon. Trail. That was a typing software, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. was. <laughs> I remember doing that at St. Albert, Nick. I know, that's why I, I said that. that my when we got our first Gateway, like 2000, came in the cow box. Whatever happened to Gateway? Gateway, that's what I said earlier in the beginning. I was like, oh, on your Gateway, I, when we were talking about the internet, or I don't, now I'm drunk, I don't remember what we were talking about. Shit. But I said something about your 98 Gateway, or 98 Encarta. What did I say? You guys remember the background of Gateway? Gateway had it was the pastures, and I always felt like I could spot. Yeah, and it cows. came in a cow box. It came in a cow box. Yeah, and I, because of that, I always felt like there were little cows in the pastures, and I felt like I couldn't see them over the hills. That was my. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. Well, I'm uh, I'm very happy Nick is uh, having troubles with memories because he is now inebriated. That is the goal here, and please, we encourage our listeners to do the same, uh, unless you are driving your vehicle. Uh, stay sober. Well, Honestly, you can drink and drive in Mexico. Just don't get caught. And if you do, you, you can drink and drive in America too. You just don't get caught. You can drink. Yeah, I well, went to Costa Rica, and our driver was crushing beers, and I was like, yeah. uh, I love Costa Rica, man. We should all go and meet there. By the way, I really, right, I'll meet you. I love that. That's one of my favorite places I've ever been. Anyway, sorry. Back to this. However, many question the validity of the Lutz's story. 
The couple was bogged down in legal and financial issues, which prompted skeptics to believe they fabricated this whole story to sell the public. The Lutz's former lawyer, William Weber, in 1979, claimed that the three of them came up with the horror story over many bottles of wine. The lawyer had a falling out with him over money issues. Now, the son, Daniel, the other son, he lives a quiet life in Queens as a stonemason and claims that the house ruined his life to this day. And he he's also the came and found everything. He, you know, oh, what? yeah, I believe he came and found everything, then went to the cops and they like questioned him because he was basically like the only surviving member. Of no, 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 you're thinking of Ron, you're thinking of the original story. I thought there was a relative, is it not Daniel? No, Ron is the only surviving member of the original family, Butch. Now, the Lutz family, they're all still kicking today, they're all still alive. Oh. Now, however, the movie makes it a little bit different because what happened was MGM and the people who wrote this movie made it seem like George was being possessed by evil spirits in the house. But they don't really show everything in this movie. They don't really show the occult happening. They don't really show all that stuff. And the true story is behind all of this is that George and Kathy Lutz, really George Lutz, they were just looking for a cash cow here. They heard they found out the story after they bought the house. They figured they could fabricate this whole thing. They figured they could make some money off of this. And from my research that I've found, they've only made about four or $500,000 off of this. Considering the amount of money which Christopher Quarantino thinks that how much they made is about half a billion dollars off of this story alone. They only got away with four or 500000 The real winners of this story is the original author and MGM. MGM and then profited... I mean, obviously, we saw here about two hundred million from MGM, and about another, I think, about one hundred and fifty million from the original author. I, they're they're making bukus of bucks. And I'm not really liking your tone here, bud. This is uh, this is. A true I don't know. I, after doing all this research, I don't think. I, I mean, I think that there was something evil in that house. I think there's something demonic that happened in that house, but I don't think that this house happened with all of the things that they that the Lutz family is saying. I do not think – I think they fabricated a lot of it to make it feel right, – that, That's your opinion, but uh, the viewers and I know this is a, a serious paranormal situation. Okay? No, a serious paranormal investigation or situation is is, is the uh, Waverly Hills Sanatorium. This, I don't know anymore. I honestly don't know. I uh, thought this was a real – I'm sure it's haunted. Clairvoyant. They use the best clairvoyance and psychics this country's ever had, which is the Warren family – which you can't look up one bad thing. There's absolutely, there's absolutely something fucked up in this house, and there's absolutely a, a haunted presence in this house. But I'm just saying that not all of this stuff has really happened in this house. They weren't fucking levitating. You're, you're right, you're right. They weren't. No, they weren't fucking. The Warrens are a joke. We'll get into them later. But this whole thing is. Are, I'm sorry. It's real. The ghosts are real. Ghosts are real. Absolutely. I have my own ghost stories. Nick has his own ghost stories. But we'll get into that another day. You assholes brought me into this. I'm just a good Christian boy. Now, look, (laughs) the Amityville house still stands to this day, but with a new address. In February 2017, the house was officially sold to an undisclosed owner for $605,000, which was $200,000 less than the original asking price. What was that, $605,000? Now, it had previously been owned by four other families since the murders, one of which people are dying to get in there. 
Some are. At least six. <laughs> At least six. <laughs> uh, now, it is, the address has since been changed from 112 Ocean Avenue to 108 Ocean Avenue. And that is Damn, they're, really, they're throwing off those ghosts. They well, they've also remodeled the house. They've also they've gotten rid of those iconic windows in the front with the bay with the Bayview circle windows. They've gotten rid of those up there, and they've put them with square or rectangle windows up the top. Oh, and so they've done a few other things. The vibe that if I walk into this house, I'm going to die because that's such a cool vibe for the the '70s. You know, I don't know. I really want to know if there's a wood if there's a furnace down in the basement that you throw wood into at night still because honestly no like the home alone furnace yes the one that ground I don't they call it a yeah. boiler no sure. boiler is runoff oil and and just oil hey jay you fuck no sorry i guess i haven't watched enough how is it made on the science channel <laughs> No, the only reason i know is because my grandfather when i used to i used to have to go downstairs and fill it up Really? You and had to that do was... that? So fucking New York. Yeah, it's because it's in New York. That's why. That's true. It's very New York. But this this hey, was... Nikki. Hey, Nikki. Go downstairs. I'm going to get some of this cup of coal. Yeah. Some I soap can't. Soap I soap can't, soap. Grandma. I can't because it's haunted. Uh... It's going to be primo, bro. Primo. Show, show, some, show some water in it. Four chins, one dope-ass jumpsuit. Man, Long Island is fire. Yeah, but yeah, literally, literally furnaces of fire. But look, that is where we're gonna cut it off here, guys. Like Nashville or something, you know. But Long Island, I'm like, hey, you know, like I don't feel that bad. <laughs> I mean, Long Island's a fucking creepy ass town. I've been there only once, but I found it very unsettling. It felt like there was a cloud over it the whole time, Nick. You and I went up there. And Long, we got, Island, Long Island is huge. We went, we, we went and visited Kevin. Isn't and I, 18 miles? Yeah, in Glen Cove. Yeah. I mean, it's a very nice area where we went to, but it just felt oh, gross. Long Island is maybe 18 miles wide. It's like maybe 120 miles long. It takes yeah. like three hours to get to Montauk. Bro, the only good things that came out of Long Island, I'm pretty sure, is Hey Arnold on Nickelodeon and John Bellion. <laughs> I could agree with that. I don't really I know what like else on that. Long Island. I came out of Long Island. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you're cool and all, but you're no Hey Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, chill, I chill on the stoop. I chill on the stoop. Yeah, but now with Stoop Kid, though. You're not even yeah, cool enough no, with Stoop Kid. Stoop Kid um, still has a lot to stoop. So... This is where we're going to end episode one on the really the background information. Uh, episodes two is going to be um, the paranormal more investigation, eccentric, uh, kind of. I don't know, man. Look, I took a little dive today, Jay, and I will say, and I don't know if you have seen it, but that picture of Ed and Lorraine Lauren that they took in the house with the little boy standing in the corner, the demonic presence, it freaked me out a little bit. Like, I had to look over my shoulder today while I was researching it. I felt uneasy. You looked over your shoulder like the other I way? Felt you, un- you turned I felt un... I looked left and right. I looked left and right. I felt freaked out. 
so maybe so we're going to get into the actual haunting of the family we're going to get into the investigation by ed and lorraine warren who are honestly uh speaking from my most sincere nice and honest point of my body the biggest fucking scumbags in paranormal history um yeah they i can't wait to find out more about these people because i like i don't know they've been accused and busted of so much fucking shit but um so yeah, we want to give the back the, the backstory we don't want to do a two-hour episode um but we do just kind of want to break this down so I, yeah and i agree i think that's enough then we're gonna get into like the really fun abstract oh man we're gonna be some space cadets for this next episode but um yeah dude there's a lot to talk about here like it, it's it's really it's a big story material. there's so much history here um, Nick, I gotta ask, what do you think? Did you learn something new? Did you find this from the from the movie or from, from the podcast? From the podcast. Oh, from the podcast. Yeah. So I didn't know that. I mean, I guess in the beginning they ended up buying the house from from there, but I thought that I don't know. I I thought that the movie was gonna be about the actual murder, but it was the family that moved in later. So. Yeah, that so would... the, the, the medieval horror is, it's not about the murder. The murder is the catalyst for the cause yeah. of why it's a haunting, right? So mm-hmm. um, do we want to do the takeaways now or at the end? I feel like we should just do them now, then then just have fun with it. Um, but like... Uh, this, the end is in next episode? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so this was the remake, right? Uh, this was like your 2005, you know, get Ryan Reynolds, one of the hottest actors at the time. Uh, this was more, Bloody of a though. Film, more of a, more of a jump film kind of jump scares. A lot of that, uh, a lot of CGI and ghosts and stuff of that nature. This was more like, how do we scare people? The original one in 1979 was like, how do we paint a really creepy picture? It's with Josh Brolin. Um, and I mean, name a better duo of bearded, rugged men besides Josh Brolin and uh, Ryan Reynolds. But I I like the first one a lot more. I think it, it gives a much better feel to the story. This seemed more... It's not... Like, sorry. Got to correct you there. Not Josh Brolin. His father, James Brolin. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> not Thanos, dude. His father. But, um, you know, I mean... Take what you want, right? You can get the the quick scares, the modern uh, kind of horror movie take, or more of the, like the backstory, just giving a really creepy feel. Uh, as far as like the CGI and you know ghost hauntings, it doesn't hold up in today's time. But I like that story a lot more than than the newer one. I, you know, I was watching it again. I'd watched it a while ago. Um, yeah, I was just kind of real. I was like, you know what? The original was just so OG and, and great. Uh, but watch both, you know, come back for next episode where we really go down a fucking rabbit hole. Of I can't wait. To listen to. I don't know. You got to drink because you said fuck. And I said fuck, so that's three times you got to drink. Fuck, 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 fuck. Noise, noise, noise. Uh, yeah, but, you know, without us being just retards and high school drinks, it's been fine. Shit. <laughs> you guys, I really have to now. 
All right, let's wrap it up here. Hope you guys get a better understanding. Hope we set the scenery and stomach through this hour-long episode of our drunk ramblings. <laughs> this is something I think we're, we're going to find the right audience, Jay. We're going to find them, and they're going to be like, oh, my God, this is the best podcast in the world. We will find them. Yeah, yeah. it's going to happen. I completely agree, and the fact that uh, all three of us have – uh, each experience some strange, high strangeness, paranormal activity uh, together, um, you know, really makes this exciting because this is, uh, you know, something that the more you believe in it, the more susceptible you are to uh, weird synchronicities and just sketchy coincidences. Yep. Uh, I drew out a Ouija board the other day. I have it right here. I'm going to do it. Oh, you drew it. I thought you said you threw it. I was like, what happened? Okay. No, I'm drew it out i can't believe megan's letting that that presence come in her house look we're saving this we we cannot talk about this that one day i i swear to god we are doing a side episode just to talk about this story because it is by far one of the weirdest experiences i've ever had in my life i'm just curious how like if you do a ouija board in mexico is it like does it say in spanish hello like i don't know i was wondering it's right I was wondering the same thing. I mean, I could have a conversation no, with a spirit. I don't think so for this spirit because this spirit is with Nick, and it knows – actually, it probably knows both English and Spanish at this point. It's probably been doing Duolingo with me. I want to kill you. <laughs> Jay, I did not know you knew this Spanish as well. Yeah, bro. He took Spanish well, I mean, I'm in Spanish. high school. I know, but like – There's so many Spanish people down here. Um and, you know, the other podcast is on the Inter-Miami team. It's, it's you know, half Spanish, half American. They have translators. So a lot of, a lot of Spanish. Half Spanish, half American? You mean half Spanish, half English? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we speak America or American because we're in America. You speak American here. Look, guys, thank you for tuning in. Chug some Lysol. Get that fucking COVID-19 out of your body. And let's let's see you guys next week. Hopefully, if you're still alive. I don't know which kind of lizards we have here. Free base PRL, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys, for tuning in. See you next week. Yeah, buddy. Nick will be back next week. Nick will be back next week as well. So if you're enjoying it, yeah, pretty sure he's on the show now. I've been adopted. He does have a fucking job. That's true. That's true. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you.